We are Natalie and Matthias. We welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystem experts and platform founders. Our goal is to uncover what they learned and help you to launch and scale platforms, marketplaces and business ecosystems. Enjoy! everybody and welcome to a new episode of our podcast platforms for future today we have a very special topic today we not talk about technology or business today we talk about skills and education as you know you need the right people and the right skills to build and operate a successful platform and uh, with me is as usual my lovely co-host natalie hi natalie hi matthias <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and um, also with me, we have two special guests, really, really experts on this topic. On the one hand side, we have Peter, Peter Evans. He is managing partner at the Platform Strategy Institute, and he is well known for some really good research about this topic, about, yeah, platform talents and the required skills and how uh, it looks like in our global economy. And on the other hand, we have Hendrik Lauritsen. He is founder and managing director of the Gerbus Academy, a well-known academy here in Germany. And he is also host and organizer of two platform courses about platform strategy and the future lab of platform business. So really hands-on courses. And with both, we want to talk about, yeah, what are the required skills you need? How big is maybe the gap out there in the market? And what is the best format, the best way to educate our future platform leaders and teams? So welcome, Peter, and welcome, Henrik, to our show. Um, maybe Can you give us a short intro about yourself and our uh, give the, the audience of our podcast uh, a good understanding? What is your expertise and what is your background regarding platforms? So maybe, Peter, can you start? Sure. Great. Thank you very much for the invitation to participate today. Um, I am the managing director of the Platform Strategy Institute, which is uh, an advisory firm focused on providing strategic advice to companies around platform strategy. And um, I first got interested in, in platforms when I was leading strategy at General Electric more than 10 years ago. And my job at, at General Electric was um, a role around corporate foresight, kind of looking forward as to what trends were happening and informing the executive team about that. And um, I've been fascinated with platforms ever since and have uh, both participated in doing advisory work around that, as well as doing uh, studies, um, including a global study of uh, platforms. And then more recently, looking at this whole issue of talent and how do you uh, ensure that you have the right talent mix to drive your platform strategy. Yeah, um, regarding your study, we can come back to this study in a minute. So Henrik, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. And thank you also for, for having me. Uh, looking forward to this uh, good and short discussion. Um, well, my background is I'm the founder and, and, and the main director of, of Gambus Academy. Uh, it's, a, it's a small business academy focusing on, um, uh, so to say, the, the, the executive and senior management in German companies or also in, in European companies. Um, and uh, we try to have the most actual and used uh, subject also in our portfolio, um, working with 
different uh, innovative formats, um, as you also in the introduction to make it also practice oriented, which I think is very important on a lot of topics, especially the one that we're going to talk to uh, about today. So. Okay, thank you. And so let's go straight into the first part. And uh, in the first part, we want to explore. So what are really the required skills? So what we see in our project is that sometimes company approach a platform, building a platform like they have built products. So what is from your point of view, what are what, what are the required skills? Are they different compared to products, uh, building products or building services when you build up a platform? Sure. So last year I initiated a project to look at um, job posting. So what were companies looking for and using keywords to um, identify what those job postings were in relation to uh, companies looking for platform capabilities. And we identified really six key roles. Um, one is for platform strategy. So a deep understanding of how platforms operate and then how that can um, create value in the marketplace and um, how you're going to design. So the architecting of that platform. Another is product management. Um, there's a lot of actually job postings around this. It's one of the more uh, common. And this is the, the, the folks that you put in place to basically be in charge of that product line, right? Um, and some companies are large enough now that they will have more than one platform operating at the same time. So you'll have multiple platform product leaders. Another is the fact that platforms create value outside the boundaries of the firm. So um, you see a lot of job postings for um, platform ecosystem manager or platform community manager, things of that nature, which um, are really indicating um, you need a dedicated person to manage that external value creation opportunity with your external uh, complements or uh, creators um, uh, outside the firm. And then you also have, because platforms um, generate a lot of data, um, but it's complex about how that data is organized and managed. You have platform data managers. Um, then there's a lot of engineering that goes into platforms, both in creating them, but also maintaining them, especially the large ones that may do millions, if not billions of transactions. Um, in fact, there's some that are in the trillion uh, club, which are doing trillions of transactions. Um, and so you need uh, a strong engineering team to run that, that understands platforms. And then finally, um, the regulatory regime in, in sort of social uh, norms and, and understanding of platforms is changing. Um, and so, there's a growing number of roles around platform privacy, trust, and compliance. So those are the six uh, roles that we see as being actually quite um, common in, in what companies are looking for. And Peter, do you, um, the roles you, you are describing, some might seem a bit, uh, if I can say, uh, you know, when you're talking about product management, kind of, okay, um, not surprising others like ecosystems manager a bit more new uh, do you to which extent would you say companies have realized that they do need those skills or versus companies thinking that they can do you know build platforms with whatever skills they've got in-house i mean what kind of uh, uh you know realization is there out there 
uh, across the world. Maybe there are differences in in country by countries or by industries. Yeah, so that's a big, complicated question because it's there's a huge variation. Obviously, when you're a smaller firm, you uh, don't have the resources and and perhaps the scale to uh, require all these roles as separate individuals. And so some of them will be bundled. Um, and so you may have one person hired to do three of those capabilities, like platform strategy, product management, and ecosystem managers, right? But as the companies get larger, they actually need dedicated teams for these things. And so one thing that's particularly interesting is, um, is that some companies think that they just need one or two platform, you know, informed people, platform professionals, as I call them. And so they bring them into the organization. But when you're uh, in a large organization, um, those people aren't really going to have an impact. So some, I think the, the, the leading companies that are really trying to drive transformation have what I call programmatic hiring. You can see that they're looking and uh, posting up to 60, 70 positions a year. And so these are companies that are obviously quite serious and uh, recognize that they need to build critical mass of people with platform expertise. Now, a big challenge, and I just wrote an article about this, the pharmaceutical companies have recognized that platforms can be a very um, innovative and, and new way to break out of the challenge they have with drug discovery. Right. It's very expensive to, to develop a, a, a drug. And so they recognize that they need more and better data. And they also need to open up their ecosystems to allow for more expertise and talent. And so they're out in the market now looking for platform talent. However, they also want people with deep expertise in life sciences or medicine. And they want people um, who understand big data analytics. And the challenge is, is finding people who are able to do all three of those things. And so my concern is, is that they're more likely to find people that have strong backgrounds in life sciences and not the platform background that they actually really need. Um, and especially in Europe, where the pool of platform experts is actually quite shallow, um, finding this talent, I think, is, is a big challenge. And so then that confronts a company with a strategic choice. Um, do you... Do you find people that are in other industries and bring them in that have the platform talent, but they may not have the life sciences or med medical background? Or do you institute internal training programs to uh, bring in that, that knowledge uh, that is required to really be able to execute on a you know, serious platform strategy? Yeah, so, so this is, uh, the, the, let's say, two major points here. So one is coming from your global study about the different roles. And the other thing is about um, yeah, what kind of different skills are really re required of building a platform. So Henrik, um, coming to you as, uh, so how do companies approach you? What do you have seen the last years um, with what kind of demand they are coming to you? And can you see some kind of patterns here? I think, uh, first of all, I think that um, it starts on the strategic level, um, trying to understand what is actually platform business and how does it differ from e-commerce or anything else you can do on the internet. So I think there's big need to understanding the strategic implication of running a platform business model, um, the way that uh, most managers have been, been educated, um, my age and, and older, have been very focused on a singular 
uh, own optimization strategies and new thinking that that is required. So there's a lot about you know um, explaining and understanding what is actually platform is and how does it differ from 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 other strategies. Um, so I think that that's the first point. Um, and then um, it actually goes down if we, if we if we look at uh, the strategic leadership uh, elements also how can this work in the organization um, how what the impact does it have on the culture what impact does it have on existing businesses and how do you manage uh, the existing business a core business while you at the same time then develop uh, a new platform business in this case. And do you see differences across? Uh, so maybe you are based in Europe. So uh, do you see differences uh, with the rest of the world in Europe, or maybe within countries or within industries? Yeah, I think let's start with Europe. I think there's a different approach, differently also within Europe. Um, as always, you have companies and countries who are more likely to be pioneers, looking also for the opportunities uh, in this model. Uh, from, from from elsewhere, of course, mainly from uh, also from uh, from the states. Um, so there's a difference there. Um, but I think it's also within industries. Uh, some industries um, and the good industry have seen the opportunities faster than than traditional industries um, where you're more producing a good um, and then exporting to other countries. So yes, there are different differences in industries and also countries. And, um, and Peter, you also mentioned data. Data is a crucial point here. Um, as all of the platforms are digital uh, companies, but also digital business models, so they rely on data. So maybe we can go a little bit deeper into this data field and say what what exactly is when you talk about, let's say, for example, a role of a platform data manager or data analyst. What exactly is him required? Sure. So obviously, um, this notion of big data and data scientists has become, you know, really important. And <clears throat> many companies recognize the need to to hire those analytic skills. However, a platform data manager is is somewhat different in the sense that they're responsible for the overall architecture, right? Um, which is how is that data compiled? Where does it reside? Um, who has access to it? There's a whole host of governance questions that also need to be informed by how that impacts um, who gets um, that information. So, for example, it's uh, a platform can be um, um, very valuable and, and powerful if it shares certain information with its suppliers, right? And so, how do you ensure that that data that's collected about the delivery? Um, and how users are using it back to those suppliers. So there's a lot of strategic questions to ensure, you know, and this is uh, grounded in understanding of network effects, uh, pricing, incentives, all of these things that a platform professional with that expertise and training would more likely have than just a pure data scientist who understands how to use, you know, um, R and Python and, and, and these types of tools. So it's an additional set of capabilities that are really grounded in both, you know, economics as well as information theory. And, and, and Hendrik, how do you see this? So you have uh, designed two courses, one for platform strategy and one for, uh, let's say, more hands-on building platforms with your, with your future lab. So um, what... Mm, 
Yeah, what kind of skills you think are really required and then what kind of uh, trainings are required to teach those skills? And uh, maybe mm -hmm. you can yeah. also share some experiences of, of from your courses. Yeah. Uh, well, we have the two courses because they, they, they are focused on different target groups. Uh, you can say, um, if you take the future lab, the, the basic idea is that, um, that the participants have, uh, have, have a peer group that they can work together on the strategic level. Um, of course, understanding also the techniques, the skills, the tools, the methods, um, which they need to understand, uh, for their company and especially in their company to actually Uh, develop and implement and execute a platform strategy. Um, but it's also very much about sharing um, the, the, the thoughts, the experiences, the hurdles um, with others who are, of course, not in competition, but who are facing more or less the same challenges. Um, because for many, it is really, you know, taking new steps into to, to, to new grounds that they have never done it before. Um, and, and, and as I said before, Uh, it means a lot of, of new challenges uh, that they, they haven't been used to, to, to dealing with in, in their leadership role. Um, so that, that's a future lab. I said a lot of that is really about this practice sharing, learning from others, being able to discuss in a closed room um, what you, how you deal with certain things. Um, and on, on the online course that we have, uh, of course, that's more practice oriented for the, the specialist and manager role, uh, where it's in step one, it's about learning uh, what are the tools that, that you can work with and and um, understanding how to address um, actually developing a model. That, that's where we stop with the first course. So you have a good sense of so what does this imply? Um, what are the, the tools and the methods and the process that you can work with? And if you then as, as, as a participant or a company that we want to take to the next step then, You, you, you can either do some, some customized program, which I think is also a great idea because most companies need to have find their own way. And then uh, on, on the executive senior management level, you, you can use a future lab as, as we talked about before, because that's where you get the, the sparing off with others. Now, I've got a question for both of you, I guess. Uh, what would you say to companies who um, think that they don't need uh specific skills to build platforms and that they can if i can say it like that recycle and i'm putting inverted commas here uh recycle uh, or, or 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 use the same methodologies and skills that they have internally uh already to uh to build uh, and scale platforms and the reason i'm asking this is because i'm seeing this obviously <laughs> If I can just start, because do it very briefly, if, if that's the approach, they haven't understood what platform this is all about. <laughs> that's short and, and, and uh, to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter, what do you think of that? I, I would just say good luck. <laughs> you know, you can give it a try and see um, if it works for you. And if they can do that with the existing resources, then uh, that's great. I haven't seen many that have been successful in doing that. So... If um, there are successful cases, that would be interesting data point. But um, I think that that's actually not the case. You know, the big, the big uh, um, interesting thing is I think we're at an inflection point now where we've had like a decade where we've seen the tremendous growth of platforms, particularly founder-led. In fact, if you look at the top 100 
platforms, companies uh, by market capitalization. It's now around $14 trillion. 60% of those companies are still run by founders. So that's a pretty interesting data point, but I don't think that that's going to hold. I think that as the platform economy expands and the recognition is, is that digital transformation typically also requires a platform strategy behind it. The recognition that you need to adopt platform business models is now becoming more widespread. And so the bigger um, kind of incumbent companies are beginning to realize that they need to adopt this and um, they need to upskill their organization uh, with new talent. Now, one of the things that we found that was particularly surprising in this uh, global study of platform leadership is, is that there is not a single business school in the world that offers a major or a minor in platforms, which is pretty stunning. So what's interesting is, is that um, there's a gap in the market and we're finding that um, you know other companies and organizations are coming in to fill that gap, that the business schools aren't. So that traditional pipeline that many companies went to to get talent and insights and um, now that's not to say that there aren't any business schools that are teaching. Um, there's actually a, a number of extremely good platform courses at business schools, but they are all electives. It's not a major. Um, and I think it's going to still take some time to uh, get the business world to recognize that there's this thing called a platform professional, that it's an incredibly exciting career, and that's a scarce resource. And so the smart companies are going to go out there and both identify who those platform professionals are and bring them into their organization. And they're going to build relationships with organizations that do the training um, that the business schools aren't. And, and I guess the, the question that came to my mind when uh, uh, I'm, I'm listening to you both is, we're talking here about the demand side, and you've, you've uh, you know, um, obviously con both uh, experienced and conducting studies and, and uh, witnessed uh, this evolution in demand uh, from the from the companies, um, at least from those who do recognize that they need uh, those skills. What about the offer side? What kind of profiles uh, do you think or do you see? Um, going into or scaling up uh, on uh, on those topics of platforms, uh, what kind of um, maybe culture in terms of company culture uh, do you see uh, uh, those people are coming from? Uh, have you got insights on this? Uh, maybe Henrik uh, and then Peter? <laughs> do, you, do you mean... And the other side, in the sense of what business schools should be offering, or what? what sorry. Yeah. No, I mean in terms of the people who. Uh, so the demand side being uh, the companies wanting to hire, and then you know, but what type of people are upskilling on on platforms or, or or already coming? What kind of background are they coming from? Do you see a pattern there at all? No, I, I think I think that in generally that at least what what I see uh, with, with with our audience is that they are typically um, younger people with uh, more open minded to, to to working new business models. Um, um, that that's actually a little bit as I said in the introduction that the challenge if you talk about senior management executive level that the way that they, they were taught strategy. Um, 
we have a paradigm shift here when we talk about network economy and 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 uh, platform businesses. So understanding the complexity and finding it normal to work in 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 a business model environment like platform business would typically be younger persons um, who are also better at understanding the digital complexity uh, that may be somewhat older uh, audience. Um, that's one thing. I also think that we'll find, um, again, we're talking very, you know, black, white here, very you know, general speaking, uh, but I think there's also a certain sense that these people that who inter are interested in this topic are also more globally minded because they see the platform business being a more global uh, business model and they can see it elsewhere in the world. I don't know if that answered your, your, your question. Um, yes, absolutely. Thank you. And, and Peter, what, what's your take on that? Well, like Andrew said, there's um, a lot of young people that have, you know, a variety of backgrounds. They can come from, um, you know, MBAs or computer science, but they, for some reason, they've stumbled onto this topic of platforms and really have been inspired by it. Um, and so there are quite a number who have actually put together their own program right? They've taken a number of these online courses that are now offered uh, around the world, and they've built up their own kind of, um, uh, you know, program, and they get certifications, right, from that. And you can see on their LinkedIn profiles that they take quite a number of these courses, um, both because they're curious and they're learning themselves, um, and they want to demonstrate um, that they have these capabilities. Um, and there's there's not a shortage of you know job offers out there. So I think for somebody who's looking for an, an exciting career, um, really building up a you know a deep understanding of platforms is a great way to differentiate yourself and set yourself up for an exciting career opportunity. I can just add something to, to what we talked about, what Peter mentioned about you know the the offering at the business school. I'm I'm, I'm not so sure that you will see. Uh, major specialized on, on platform business. But I think there will be a tendency uh, looking looking ahead that that the masters will um, involve a different kind of complexity. Again, getting back to what the strategy, strategy development, business model development that we have seen earlier. And I think that's a very, very important and, and highly needed uh, that you get a broader uh, and more um, um, innovative approach in, in, in the most business educations um, uh, when we talk about strategy and business models. I think that that's where there will be a change. I, I don't think we have a major in, in platform strategy. It could be a good idea, but I think it would be more a new thinking on how to do strategy uh, on the business schools. Oh, one, one interesting point is, um, you know, traditional frameworks that you're taught in business school, like Porter Five Forces, do they really work in a platform context? And I think that, you know, they miss certain things. And so uh, there is a need for um, different ways of thinking about, and there's a very, you know, robust and growing literature around network effects that's pretty technical. The question is, how do you translate that for a manager to be able to apply in business context? Yeah, very good point. So maybe a, a good link here to the platform innovation kit, as this is a hand methodology to uh, also educate executives and show them and let them play around with this whole concept of the platform economy. Um, let's have a look at the at the formats. So 
of course we have a gap here so people need to be uh, trained but we also s saw the rise of online education during the pandemic or especially in the last let's say one year or whatever so uh, how do you see also the format will change or maybe the people are looking for different kind of formats so maybe they will not go to a traditional business school want to conduct this lecture they want to maybe conduct and then learn in a different way so how do you see this uh is, are there also some changes here some demand changes from the people how they want to learn how they want to skill up henrik maybe yeah um i i think that will definitely uh be a change, um, a substantial change uh, in, 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 in that uh, after Corona. If I knew exactly what would be the right uh, um, composition, um, that would um, help me a lot as well. But I think I think that that there will be a change. Um, I, I think the, the combination will be different. I mean, we can even see that. I mean, many of our are really you know top executives, and if you go. 14 months back, you could never go to get those people uh, on a Zoom or Teams meeting. Today, that that's easy. So you communicate completely different uh, with, with that audience today. Uh, but I, th I think it will be some kind of mix. I, I think uh, um, when we talk about the, the practice sharing and reflection and exchange with others, I still think it will be predominantly face-to-face. -face. I think that we as humans, uh, we feel more uh open and and ready to share if we have a person in front of us um so i think that in, in on the intake side on on learning and, and working with things i think uh online will be much more um uh, much more common moving forward but there will also be the other elements and i think they are important too so the question what would be the right combination but um but it will it will be different than it was uh, but there will still be the need for for people meeting up got some yeah. And Peter, do you see also a change here? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we've experienced um, pure in-person and we've experienced pure online and both of them have their pros and cons. But I, I do think that this hybrid is probably going to be an interesting space to explore where you can combine. Um, and the other thing that I think is important is... Um, not just thinking about courses as discrete things that people come in, take the course and then leave, but how do you create this continuous learning, right? Um, so that they become part of a community and they're constantly provided with opportunities um, as their jobs change and as they mature, um, you know, new insights. So I, I'm very interested in the evolution of, of, of learning to become lifelong learning and then how does that work in the platform space i i fully agree that i mean that we can also that with our future lab concept in general because they don't have a, a fixed um curriculum um they are not fixed in a certain period and and it actually is get get energy from the fact that we have a number of people working on a similar agenda and they develop so to say the content of of this lab together and then it can take one year, two years, three years, but it all depends on that they find a certain common ground and they 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 follow the same uh, objectives and that that what really make it vivid. Um, so I think that will be even more of that. So this community thinking, as we were mentioning also, and, and the peer groups and exchange, I think that will 
I think it will be a rebound actually after uh, after COVID nineteen that people will have a great urge to meet up quite a lot to begin with, and then we'll find the mix um, and dynamic in the mix. Well, one thing that I'm seeing uh, in the U.S. is um, the uh, a number of what you might call celebrity startup CEOs now offering platform courses. Uh, and they tend to be around one or, you know, particular topic like community building or uh, the creator economy and things of that nature. So, you know, there have been quite a number of, of platforms that have been founded and have been very successful and they have huge Twitter followers. And so they're kind of celebrities. I wonder in Europe, there are fewer successful platforms and celebrity startup. So, you know, those young people who are looking for opportunities um, you know, they don't have quite the same. And then some of them I've seen in Europe are now turning to the U.S. courses as a consequence. Do you see some like celebrity courses potentially happening in, in Europe in the future? I, I think that would be great because I think celebrity courses have also, of course, it means it's getting in, in, inspired. Um, but I think there's a certain tendency in, in, in Europe, in some countries more than other, that we like to look a little bit to the States, but not too much. Uh, because we think we we think that the markets are different and we cannot you know take over what they are doing. So I think we're really in the need of of European role models, also politically uh, and in in other parts of the. I'm, I'm, and I'm still talking about platform business, but also politicals and, and other leaders who say this is a way that we need to go to go. And I, I'm pleased to see that the European Commission is also rethinking their their views on uh, on platform businesses because that's what we need. We need inspiration from more sides that we can do this in Europe as well. And then we can still get inspiration from the state, but we also need to have our own success stories. Dear listeners, I hope you enjoy our podcast and you can learn more about building and scaling a successful platform business. I'm Matthias, CEO of Fastbreak One. And as you know, we at Fastbreak One are platform entrepreneurs by heart. Since over 20 years, we are building new platforms and this makes us one of the most experienced platform venture builders around the globe. If you are a corporate and you tried out different strategies, consultants, IT partners, but your platform initiative struggles to scale, please check out our assessment services. Learn more about our experience and our practices of work at our website www.fastbreak.one or send us an email to contact at fastbreak.one. And now let's go back to the conversation. Actually, uh, I'm going to... Uh, take the opportunity to raise, uh, based on what you just said, uh, and on inspiration, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to raise a question on diversity. Uh, in fact, we've been uh, having some uh, difficulties to find some uh, uh, women leaders of uh, platforms, specifically of B2B platforms, um, and I'm wondering, so what do you see currently in the landscape of platforms or of, uh, plat of, of um, platform leaders, inspirational leaders uh, in terms of diversity? Do you see any women? Uh, and, and the second question, I guess, is linked to that, what you were saying earlier about a younger generation coming up uh, to and skinning up on platforms. Maybe there are more women coming up on this topic, but uh, what do you think about that topic? Because we've been struggling a bit with that. 
I guess again, I, I fully agree that you see, uh, unfortunately, very few women uh, in, in this area. And the funny thing is that I personally think uh, that they um, they have much, much better in working this complexity per se, huh? um, that may be their, 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 their male equivalent, um, because there's a lot about, you know, being able to work with teams and get some complexity uh, right and, and thinking right and left. So they actually would have a, a good right curriculum is actually doing so. But I think as also Peter talked about before, there's still this label that platform is about data and data is for men. Yeah, uh, it's more a male thing working with data. So, and I think that's a pity. Um, I would love to see more women also interested in, in, in this and many other topics, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, if you look globally, there are a few very successful platforms run by women. Um, Canva, for example, out of Australia, just hit a billion dollar valuation. Um, what is it? Uh, Stitch Fix. You know, there are a number of platforms run by women, but it's, it's small. Um, but, I, you know, I guess there's other reasons why, but it would be great to see more women founders running platforms for sure. And the uh, Training programs and the courses should be inclusive of women, right? So that they get uh, exposure and experience uh, equal so that uh, we can start that engine of uh, creating more people that are prepared to lead platforms. Um, you also talked about the evolution of uh, platforms and um We see this also that in the next years, more and more platforms will become more popular. And you see also the types of platforms will, will change. And so looking at the required skills, do you also see some at the horizon, some new kind of skills uh, required in the next uh, maybe three to five years, which you maybe are not that required right now, but maybe, maybe in the next three, four, three, five, four years, uh, um, maybe also regarding to sustainability as sustainability is also a huge topic and you need to in incorporate sustainability in all of your company strategy and how you operate your business. So could this be a kind of a new role, like a platform sustainability manager or whatever you see, or maybe other roles you see, which yeah are required in the future? Yeah. So I would just say that um, going to the kind of people who are watching platforms, the vast majority of the analysis has been around um, economics of platforms and the technology. There's very, very little on the leadership characteristics that lead to successful platforms. And I, I think that it calls for a, re a revisit of leadership um, and focus on leadership and what does it take Uh, to successfully run a platform because there are new leadership dynamics. So, for example, uh, traditional uh, management theory is all about uh, having your product line leaders maximize the value of your product. But we know in platform that it often makes sense to have one freemium model because it attracts another side of the market. So how do you manage a situation where a leader is giving away something free? You know, what are the metrics that you measure that person on? So that requires a different leadership. Uh, the other one is, is that a lot of the creation is outside the boundaries of the firm that you don't have full control over. And that's, that's very different from a traditional manager, which is, you know, command and control and, and figuring out how to create the right incentive structures for their employees. Suddenly you're having these external creators creating things 
And so you lose a bit of control. How do you effectively and successfully lead under those types of conditions? Um, so I think that that's a really rich and interesting space. And if we can provide some better insight about how um, organizations both identify future leaders for platform roles, as well as create pipelines of talent that bring them in, you know, people into the organization to into those leadership roles would be really, really helpful, especially in Europe, which needs to get its platform engine uh, moving faster than it currently is to, because Europe has a big way to go to catch up. Um, and just one data point, um, if you look at the top 100 platforms in the world and you look at their employment, the direct employment of European platforms is only about 180,000 people compared to US, which is 1.7 million. So Europe is far behind in having a pool of people who actually have direct experience operating platforms. That's huge. That's a huge gap. Yeah, huge gap. Yeah, a question regarding this would be regarding, um, do you count, for example, Apple as a platform, but and, and how many people they employ? Um, so for, for just a question regarding the study. So uh, as we often see that those kind of hybrid companies are labeled as platforms, but in the reality, they are operating in a hybrid portfolio and maybe at Apple, they are earning 70% or whatever of their revenues from products and not from by the platform itself. Yeah, but I would argue that we're going to see more and more of hybrid models where the platform uh, benefits from the product, right? And so Apple would not be able to build a platform as large as it has for its app, you know, its app store without the phone. So these things can't be separated so easily. Um, but the, the reality is, is that Europe lags um, on any measure. We just did a calculation that we estimate that there are 40,000 uh, platform roles open every year globally, right? Yeah, big gap. 40,000. Very big gap. Henrik, how do you see the future of uh, platform education? Well, well, first of all, I, I think that um, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the new platforms which have been found as a platform. I think, the, I think looking the next five years ahead, uh, the chance will be for the existing company to, to develop a platform strategy, which, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean that they have to develop their own platform business. But what I tend to say is that they need to have a platform strategy. Um, so they need to know if they are not going to be part of a platform uh, community somehow doing their own. They need to have a strategy uh, towards competitors and in general in the market. Um, so I think that that's where I see a, a need for, for development. And, and with that, and I also think that when we talk about training, uh, we need to involve more groups. Um, it's not enough for the CEO to know what platform this is, but also the sport. Because you, you run uh, and manage um, uh, your company in a different way if you have that kind of a, a, a business model. So, so you can go through the, the, the entire organization and say, okay, which are the groups that we've been focusing on so far? And there's clearly some, for example, the CFO has not really been in the focus yet. And I said the entire board. So, so there's a lot of potential there for, for training and, and learning in existing companies. 
thank you very much, uh, Henrik and, and Peter. I think uh, I've got a million other questions, but unfortunately, uh, we're going to need to close. Uh, so uh, generally, we, we close our uh, discussion with a, a question to our uh, uh, guests, and uh, maybe uh, you know you can take turns in answering that question. The, the, our question is: um, What would be your single most important platform leadership advice to other leaders? So, um, Henrik, you you were talking. Maybe you you start. <laughs> yeah. Do again, short. If you don't have a platform strategy, you don't have a strategy at all. Again, put to the point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I would just say that um, executives need to think about the fact that there's this new category of platform professional emerging. And uh, you should be out in the market looking for that talent or in and maybe in addition, um, building training and other leadership development within your organization to cultivate that specialized platform professional talent. And uh, if you go with that, objective, I think um, there are existing resources and more will be coming in the future, um, but that will help you differentiate and be able to execute on that strategy that Henrik just mentioned, that strategic objective. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you both. Um, also from my side, it was a pleasure to catch up and um, discuss different kind of topics and uh, I can only highly recommend to have a look at the study of Peter regarding the, the, the global state of platform talent, platform professional professionalism, and also have a look at the courses from the Gerbus Academy from Henrik, because they are really hands on and, and to the point. So, um, highly, highly recommended. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining our conversation and maybe we can have uh, again this kind of conversation in one or two years and see what then is the status if Europe caught up with the <laughs> and then closed the gap or if the gap is uh, becoming bigger and bigger or if there's a gap the other way around if we are ahead you know <laughs> yeah well thanks very much for the opportunity I really enjoyed it be happy to <laughs> thank you yeah, thank you very much This podcast is brought to you by Fastbreak One, your platform venture builder. If you want to learn more about our services and how we help corporations to launch and scale platforms, please visit our website www.fastbreak.one. And don't forget to tune in in two weeks for a new episode.